This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Listening to the world of UX for the very first time. For those of you who are not familiar with the show, I spend time on this show talking about, well, as the, the title of the show says, it's the world of UX. It is my goal to tap into my knowledge, my experience, things that we gain from others as well, and to present any and everything associated with user experience. We want to help people to understand what user experience is. We want to help people understand what they can do if they're interested in embarking upon a career in UX. If you're transitioning in, because everybody's not coming from the same place, if you're transitioning into UX from another discipline, we provide information to help you with that. We actually just finished talking about that recently. If you want to understand some of the intricacies associated with UX methods, methodologies. What is the discipline made up of? It is our goal in this podcast to help any and everyone to to benefit, to sharpen their acumen, their skill, their knowledge. This is our goal. We love, I love giving back to the UX community and helping people grow, further themselves, and make progress in their careers. So um, that's what the podcast is basically all about. There is one thing that I do like to bring to people's attention. Again, if you're new, um, I shoot straight from the hip. I'm going to tell you exactly what time it is, so to speak. The One of the metaphors I like to use is that if you have a flat tire, I'm going to tell you. If your car is doing well, I'm going to tell you. Whatever, wherever you are today, if you're you're missing a hubcap, sticking with the car metaphor, I'm going to tell you. If you have a scratch on your hood, I'm going to tell you. If the interior in your car is looking well, you, you get my drift. If something is going well, we want to let you know that. We want you to know that it's well because it is critically important for everybody to know exactly where you stand today, whether you're in a position to make improvements or you're just in a position where you just need to sharpen yourselves. It is critical that we know who are who we are, where we stand, what we need to do to get better, what we need to do to stay on the right street, making sure to give people proper directions. We don't want you to fix anything if it's not broken, and we don't want you to ignore something if it is broken. So all of these types of things are really what's made up of, uh, of what we like to say in our professional world. A lot of us like to talk about constructive criticism, but a lot of people really, frankly, don't know what constructive criticism is. And it's that which builds. So if somebody needs some, needs to be built up in an area, then we want to give them what they need to be built up. Sometimes it will require some correction. Sometimes it may require some uncomfortable conversation. But the bottom line is that when the dust clears, 
that person will be on their way up. That's where we want everybody to go today. If you're doing well, and I've met with people, I've talked with people, and they're questioning who they are, they're questioning the direction that they're headed, and they don't understand, and then after you talk to them, and I hear where they're going, and I hear what their attitude is, I hear the things they've been doing, I hear what they've been focusing on, and I'll let them know in a heartbeat, you know what? You're on the right street. Keep doing what you're doing. Here are a couple other things you can do to further your progress where you are, but you're on the right street. So when people are there, you encourage those people and you help them to go forward. It is unfortunate that there are a lot of people in the world of UX today, people who are aspiring UXers or who currently are holding down user experience roles and they're in a bit of denial. And and so when that happens, we need to let them know. They may not like it. There's a lot of people who actually get pretty flustered when you tell them, hey, your tire's flat, borrowing from that metaphor again. Your, your tire's flat. You're not going to get to where anywhere too far with that flat tire. You might want to go and get that looked at. Either get a new tire, get it patched, whatever it is. Uh, but you're not going to get too far. And so out of respect, people miss this. Out of respect, we tell people things like that. And a lot of times people just don't appreciate it. So people are all over the map with their attitudes, with their purposes, um, with a lot of different components that, that make up who somebody is. We're just still going to go forward and do what it is that we do. We're going to be consistent we're going to help people to go forward. If somebody doesn't appreciate it, they just don't appreciate it. And there's nothing else we can do about that. But that's not going to stop me today. You understand my mode of operation. You understand what I'm bringing to the table. You understand what I want to help you accomplish. So again, folks, that's what the World of UX podcast is about. And we're going to dive into another subject on tonight with the time that we do have remaining today. And we want to uh, uh, cover the subject tonight, the importance of a PLN. I'm going to exp explain what a PLN is. And we're actually sort of going backwards. I'm going to make sure to mention that today because we have some topics we're going to cover. And they're not really a series, but they are interconnected. And really everything we're talking about is interconnected. But it's it's I didn't want to present a series, but I do need to let you know that we're going sort of backwards. I could have talked about what I'm going to talk about next week, this week, but I'm going backwards purposely. And I'm hoping that that will make sense to you when you hear what we're going to talk about next week as well, which I'm not going to tell you today. But today we want to talk about, the again, the importance of a PLN. Now, first and foremost, what is a PLN and what in the world does that have to do with UX? Well, I talk to people every week who are asking what they need to do in order to get better as a UXer. What do they need to do in order to transition into UX? And then most importantly, as it relates to what a PLN is, what do I need to do to learn more? That's the key question associated with a PLN. Now, PLN, of course, it is an acronym. I think we've all gathered that so far. A PLN, or PLN, I should say, stands for Personalized Learning Network. What a PLN is, and this is something that resides more in the world of education, but 
when you look at what it is, it applies itself to anything. A PLN can be applied to practically any discipline in the world because every discipline in the world revolves around learning. And, and the central part of a PLN is the learning. It's, it is a personalized learning network. It's something that is for you and you alone. That's where the personalization comes in. It is about learning. That's what the purpose of the PLN is. And then the other key word is network. That third letter in the acronym, the N, stands for network. So now you know what PLN stands for. So what is it? What what is its purpose? And what's in it for you, those who are listening to me on today? What, What can I do with the PLN and why should I even care? Well, a PLN is basically, it's a, think of that word networking again. It is a formal listing out. It can be visually illustrated. It could be like an infographic. It could just be a list, whatever, however you want to put this together. A personalized learning network is basically a listing of resources that will help you to grow your skill, your knowledge, and your acumen in the discipline. Okay, well, what makes up this list? And what is it, well, where is this networking coming to play? Well, the networking comes in when you look at the different components that make up this network. And so I'm going to rattle a few off. And then I'm going to provide you with a few recommendations, but I'm not going to give you all the recommendations. Uh, and, and when I say recommendations, I'm, I'm going to share with you some of the things that are in my PLN. And so the PLN, because you, when you come into UX, you have opted into a discipline that requires a commitment to continued education. So when you can formalize and establish a PLN on your part and continuously um, modify it, add to it, take away from it, maybe sometimes it's possible to take away a resource out of your PLN, but you're going to keep keep massaging this thing. You're going to keep adding to it, taking away. You're going to keep modifying it. Every time you come across a resource that you find that you can tap into on a regular basis that contributes to your growth, to your maturity, to your getting better as a professional, number one, add it to the PLN. And again, I'll give you the categories in a few moments. You want to add to the PLN every time you find a resource worth tapping into. And you want to make sure that you revisit the resources on a regular basis. This is how you grow. As you continue to tap into these resources on a regular basis, whether you're reading, whether you're watching videos, whatever it might be, you're going to make sure that you're, that you're, hearing what what is said that you're 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 taking heed to what is taught and and as you apply the concepts that you're learning and and may remember me saying this on a previous podcast that learning consists of three things it consists of presentation application and feedback what things are being presented taking the time to apply or exercise yourself in that which is presented and then getting feedback finding out how well did I do, how well did you do when you went to, when you stepped forward to apply 
the things that you learned during the presentation phase. Now, the one catch about the PLN is you're not going to be able to get feedback when you're doing these things. So, so that feedback is going to come from other sources. It's not something you're really, you can give it to yourself. You can evaluate yourself. If you're really strong in EQ, if you're really good at self-awareness, then you know how well you did to an extent, but feedback is for the most part is better coming from somewhere else. But again, that still makes up the three elements when you're delivering learnings. Those are the three things that are key. So again, you're not going to, you're going to give yourself some feedback, but if you're not honest with yourself, then you, you've got an issue. If there's a blind spot, if there's something that you you don't see, then that feedback is not going to have a lot of value. So, so when it comes to feedback, you might want to seek that from someone else, from a mentor, uh, from a, from a peer. Um, but that, that is the thing that rounds out that learning experience. And then when you get the feedback, you know what you're doing well and what to continue in, you know what you didn't do well and where you need to improve. So when I say feedback, that's what we're getting at. So if you look at your PLN, tap into the resources. And then as you tap into the resources, you, you just cyclically, you just continue to go through the resources. You continue to tap into the resources. And this doesn't, whether you go through a degree program, whether you go through the course that I've been talking about that U of M offers on Coursera about UX design and, and research, whether you're out there looking at Curiosity Tank, which is another great learning resource for UX research that's out there, no matter where it is that you're learning, you've got to get viable feedback from people who are skilled enough to give you feedback. If you get feedback from the wrong people, you're not going to really be able to grow. You're not really going to be able to mature the way that you should. So again, this to finish covering that presentation, application, and feedback. These things are critical. But let's talk about the categories now. Category number one, books. In your PLN, you want to make sure that you, I mean, you could have a large library, but even when you have a large library, there's going to be a certain group of books that stand out more than others. I need to warn you about books, though. All books are not created equal, and I know that goes without saying. A lot of people say, well, that's obvious, uh, and you might not understand what I'm getting at. When I say that, there's a lot of books that are being made, a lot of books that have been made, and I thank God that good UX books have a long shelf life, so you can tap into old books for a very long time. Uh, old books that I still tap into and can tap into are things such as, there's an old book called Defensive Design for the Web. And all this book focuses on is best practices for forms, error messages, and things like that. This book was published by the folks at, at 37 Signals through New Writers. And it was published in 2004. But there's still a lot of great learnings in this book. So this book, I had it in my library a long time ago. It's not available electronically. You can only get it in print. But man, what a fantastic book with great information. Jacob Nielsen wrote a book about heuristics somewhere around 2002, 2003. The book still holds value today. So a lot of old books still bring forth a lot of great value. So, um, but there's a lot of books today that are rehashing old content. There's a lot of books today where they're basically copying what somebody else said and did. 
And, and there's really nothing about, they don't even, they don't even respect or reference the previous materials. So a lot of times you think a book is great, but if you don't have the wherewithal, if you don't have the experience, frankly, if you don't have the experience to know that something is a retread, it's very easy to tap into a book and think that it's saying something good when it really is plagiarized. And and, and there's two things. Remember, I'm, I'm an academic. Okay? I am a college professor as well, and I'm a doctoral student. And one of the things that we learn, especially on the doctoral side, is that there's two types of plagiarism. There is intentional plagiarism, and there's unintentional plagiarism. Sometimes people seek to copy something. They commit plagiarism. They know they're doing it. Then there's instances where people commit plagiarism and they have no idea. That's what I think is happening a lot today, that people have plagiarized, but they're guilty of unintentional plagiarism. It's not that the content in the book is inaccurate. It's not. It's just a retread. And so it's plagiaristic, and and it, it paints the picture that the person is knowledgeable about the subject, amongst a whole host of other things. So when you're looking at books, I cannot stress how important it is to have a mentor. And I'm not talking about people who've been doing UX for three and four years, two, three years. Some There's people who've been doing UX for a year and claim to be mentors. You can't be a mentor if you haven't been doing it that long. Just You just can't. And so I, I admonish those folks out there, if you really want to do and be your best, you can't tap into somebody who graduated three minutes before you and expect to get anywhere. So be careful. Books, resources, these people, these resources should not be a part of a solid PLN. They cannot be a part of a solid PLN. So keep that in mind. There are websites out there. In my PLN, UX Matters is one of them. Fantastic resource. UX Magazine is starting to ramp up. Looks like their work again. And, and they have, for a long time, been a great resource. A list apart, Rosenfeld Media. And of course, Rosenfeld Media is a great source for solid books out there in UX. Books that have been vetted out by experts so that you won't have something that's published just so somebody can make a buck. Because that's a lot of what's happening out there too, where people are willing to publish anything as long as they make money and they don't care about the discipline. Rosenfeld Media has for over two decades been dedicated to the well-being of the discipline of user experience. And for that reason, I will tap into books that they publish. So something else is good to note. Here are some more resources. YouTube channels. There are some good YouTube channels out there. Again, it's like books. A lot of them out there are not. So, so there's a problem that you can't just tap into any YouTube channel who happens to say UX, go and try to find out who the person is. The big UX researcher I saw in one instance, and the person has been doing UX research for like three, four years. Do they have something to say? Probably. Uh, are they a thought leader? Not at three, four years or not. You you can't. And And I know a lot of people want to be, but the fact that you want to be doesn't mean that you are. So, and when people out there are talking about and trying to be a thought leader, but they really don't have enough perspective, they don't have enough, they don't have a broad enough view of what's happening to really address what everybody is going through, what people are experiencing in UX, then you need to tone it down a bit. Talk about your experiences, talk about your own personal journey, but you're not a thought leader. And, and those are two different things. So we need to understand that. And this will not be popular with folks 
but this is what's going to help us to write the ship in UX today. Blogs. There are a lot of blogs out there. And interestingly, the most visible resource of blogs today is Medium. And there has been a ton of bad information published on Medium. And and, and I'm glad to say and to announce that uh, one wing of my UX operation, UX Uncensored, has finally decided, you know what? There's a lot of bad information. Let's make it better. Let's be out there. So I have started publishing content on on Medium. I am going to start transcribing some of the some of the World of UX podcasts and putting it out there. I'm going to ex- be exposing more people to the podcast through Medium, and so I am directing you to Medium. I'm going to direct them to the podcast. People who are out there. And so uh, myself, I'll be out there. There's some other authors. Debbie Levitt is out there. There's a few other people that are saying some things on Medium that need to be said. But I'm telling you again, the the people who are sharing uh, valuable quality content are in the gross minor- minority. There are people out there that are posting blog articles because they're in school they're learning and they are, I did it. I was in school and I was told to go and post out there <laughs> years ago when I was getting one of my master's degrees. Uh, so, but these people are going like through boot camps and things like that. And they have no expertise at all. And that's what is really populating uh, to a great extent what's going on at medium. So for that reason, you really have to be careful and vet out your resources on medium. But, and there's other blogs as well, but blogs can be in your PLN. Uh, connected to blogs are thought leaders, and your thought leaders will be, they'll have blogs, they'll, they'll have YouTube channels, they'll be on LinkedIn, and so you can connect to people that way. So people and thought leaders, put them in your PLN. Companies, uh, it, it's not just people and thought leaders. A lot of companies function as thought leaders with regard to user experience. This is unfortunately another dangerous area where now you have companies that are putting themselves out there as being user experience thought leaders, but they're really just trying to generate a following for their software. They're trying to, they're trying to, to build a customer base or, or increase their customer base, things like that. So you can put a company on your PLN, but just make sure you take a good solid look at who they are the purpose behind what they're doing and the quality of what it is that they that they produce before you add them to your PLN. I'm not even going to mention any companies. I'm uh, just going to give you that as a guideline today. And then lastly, as we begin, as we get ready to wrap up, podcasts. Of course, that <laughs> there's again though. This is just as dangerous as it is with books and with YouTube channels and blogs. Is that there are people who create podcasts because they can. Uh, not because they should, and they don't necessarily bring a lot of value in the things that they do. So you listen to them, continue to build your 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 skill, knowledge, and acumen, and then add and subtract podcasts as necessary to your PLN. Folks, this is what the PLN consists of. If you haven't already done this before, I, I challenge you, I encourage you, start to build a PLN um, don't be in a rush, modify it, get it set up. But the key is returning to the PLN on a regular basis 
and improving your critical thinking because it's the improvement of your critical thinking and your emotional intelligence that will help you to build a PLN that you can be proud of and that's going to be extremely profitable and beneficial for your own personal UX maturity and growth. And when you grow, you can help others grow and we all are the better for it. Folks, that's all the time that we have for today. Um, thanks for joining me again, uh, but time to sign off. This is your host, Darren Hood of the world of UX. Happy UXing, everybody. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.